get everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Have It All. I'm so excited to be joining you this week before Christmas. Oh, my God. How is Christmas next week? Like, I swear I had no idea. (laughs) Um, It's so funny. Ever since Jelly Bean's birthday, um, which was a couple days before Thanksgiving, I feel like it's kind of been a giant holiday already, um, but didn't wasn't really ready for Christmas to come upon us. Um, I'll give you your Jelly Bean update in a second. Um, for those who don't know, Jelly Bean is my precious miracle baby that I snagged from the Los Angeles County foster care system um, back when she was three days old. Uh, Thanksgiving Eve last year, so she's now just over a year, Um, but I want to also tease today's guest, who is kind of related to Jelly Bean-esque things, too. Um, She's a superpower entrepreneur who started a baby brand um, that many of you have probably heard of, and if you haven't, you're going to want her products. Um... But I met Amy Leinbach, who I will bring on in a minute, um, at a baby conference, actually. And she's just one of those people who you're like, I want to be your friend. And unfortunately, <laughs> I guess maybe she might have wanted to be my friend because that sometimes somehow happened without being awkward and awful. Because <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, I, I don't know, at least I'm shy and I'm not like, I want to be your friend. Um, you just somehow hope that randomly your worlds collide enough that it happens. And it did. Um, so, but anyway, quickly, before I bring her in, Jellybean. Um, okay, the mom guilt is real. It's amazing how, you know, there's so many things that I thought that I was going to be as a mom. Um, and so many things that I didn't know if I would be. And it's interesting because I have no shortage of love for this child. I mean, I swear sometimes when I even say since I had her and I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't have her. (laughs) Um, so I don't know, maybe that makes me crazy, but, um, it just, if she just feels so mine, but on the flip side, um, most people probably know that because I run a business and used to work 16 hours a day, I, have a nanny um, about 40 hours a week, um, which translates to around nine to five Monday through Friday, unless I have an event at night and then she'll come from like noon to 8 p.m. or something like that to cover the event so I can go and do what I need to do for work and still maintain some semblance of being a single mom who actually can provide for her child. And, um, and again, while that may seem like a lot of hours, you know, to those who work 40 hours, it, to a mom, it doesn't feel like a lot. So on the weekends, like, you know, I used to work literally at least 12 hours a day, usually six days a week, sometimes seven. Um, yes, I was a workaholic, which is how I got to be 43 and didn't have a child. And even though I wanted to be a mom, um, But now I feel like I only really work five hours a day, five days a week. And on the weekends when my house is a mess and everything else, I am like, okay, I've got to get stuff done. And, but then I also, if I do, then I feel like I'm not fully paying attention 
to Jelly Bean, which is horrible for her. It's horrible for me. And then, but then my house is a mess if I do. So it's really interesting how I've, I'm still trying to strike that balance of, you know, being able to work even 25 hours a week or 30 or 40 while the nanny is here, but also mixed in with my workouts because I'm obviously not working out with Jelly Bean. And then I've got to do my physical therapy because I still have all the physical therapy from the brain injury, which I usually go four days a week these days. So it's, it's interesting, but, um, but yeah, so the mom guilt is real. And I, I always find myself at the end of the weekend being guilty either because I didn't spend enough time with her, like really focused on her or I didn't spend enough time cleaning. <laughs> um, so I, I gotta hand it to all you moms who do this. Um, cause it's, it's not easy. It's my life is way, way better than it ever was, but it's not, um, yeah, it's just not insanely easy, right? I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't give her up for anything because I, I really maintain it's the best decision of my life. But, wow, I have guilt. Okay, on that note, before I have guilt that I've had my amazing guest waiting on hold for too long, Amy Leinbach is the founder and owner of Big B Little B, a manufacturer and retailer of innovative juvenile products. Through her brand, she has created two award-winning products for the family-friendly consumer products industry, the Snow Angel Cushioned Baby Bath Towel. Guys, this thing is out of this world. Jelly Bean loved it. And the Scrub Bee Body Brush. In addition to running her business, Amy is a mom and a voice actor. She began her professional career in the field of education, first as a special educator and later as the director of product management for Kaplan Virtual Education. She graduated from Pepperdine University with a bachelor's in communication and a master's in educational administration. She lives in Huntington Beach, California with her insanely adorable uh, (laughs) daughter and her husband and two dogs. And her bio did not say insanely adorable daughter. I threw it. Hi, Amy, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, so, so glad to connect with you here. Yes. And I'm so anxious to talk about that mom guilt subject. You are? Oh, let's talk about that for a Wow, did that resonate? Because this is something that um, I feel like I should note that Marlo is about to turn four. And um, I didn't have the same feeling, you know, when she was one, two, even three, And I do now because I'm really starting to see a lot of who she is as a person. And I can kind of see how some of the choices I made about working are impacting her. And I don't really think it's negative. Um, So I felt a tremendous amount of mom guilt early on because obviously starting a business takes a lot of time. And not just when you're actively working, but it takes up a portion of your brain, right? So that, like what you said about being present Um, a lot of the time when I was physically present, I don't know that I was mentally present, but you know, I see the person she is right now. She is fiercely independent. She Mm -hmm. is very active. Like she, when there's downtime, she has a very creative imagination and she can busy herself without, you know, any external stimuli. And you're like, well, did I kind of create that by quote, ignoring her at times, if that was the byproduct, then pretty comfortable with that because who she is is pretty fantastic. (laughs) So I don't know. That's just my feeling on that almost exact same situation, you know? 
and, and I have a lot of help. Yeah, and honestly, like my first nanny was Montessori trained. She was a, um, a certified doula, and she had her certificate in um, in child development, her master's in child <laughs> development. And so she was actually encouraging me to leave Jelly Bean alone. Obviously, like supervise. I mean, she was laying on a mat. Yeah. She couldn't yes. even do anything. Like, there's nothing that could have happened. And like, while I was in my office, she was laying next to me. Like, if anything went wrong at all, she's right, right. there. Yeah. But, um, she was like, you don't want to hold her all day because then you do create that, you know, attachment. But yeah, yeah it's still one of those. Like, you know, what percentage of the time do I just need to have my phone in a completely different room kind of thing, even? Because she already wants, she already wants my phone all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's one of the things that I, I literally, that specific thing is the thing I'm working on changing. And I think phone, especially when you're in business and so much of the business you do is on that phone because it's like, you know, it's a computer for you. Um, but I need to put it in a different room because if it's there next to me, I almost, I'm just driven to pick, you know, to pick it up, to look at it, et cetera, and see what, you know, what am I missing, you know, right now that has to be done, but you know, for half hour increments, it's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, on call. And, you know, so that's something I, I am actively working on right now. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I keep bringing this up on the show and now I'm going to start so sounding like a psycho fan, but, um, it's actually the opposite. So somebody on the show, um, Hazel Ortega had mentioned Tim Ferriss's four hour work week mm -hmm. and as a recovering alcohol, I mean, oh my God, I almost said alcoholic as a recovering workaholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a, I was a workaholic for years. Um, that, and someone who honestly is burnt out from all of that and who is just loving motherhood, like more than I ever could have imagined. I have been listening to Tim Ferriss's four hour work week because Hazel like has this book called master of miracles. For those of you who got to hear her, it was an amazing show. And, um, she was talking about how that book like changed her. And I'm like, wait, if I can figure out how to work for four hours a week, so, and part of that is putting down the phone and, you know, even like tailoring your emails so that you only check twice a day. And, and like that idea at first, like was causing me a little anxiety. And then I'm like, you know what? Like the people who really need to get me even for like TV appearances and stuff. I mean, I may miss some tennis workouts. Like that's kind of what I got it down to. Right. Like tennis team sometimes has, you know, workouts that they do together. And if someone um, in a prime slot, like can't do theirs, then you have to like jump in immediately. But I don't know. I think I can kind of, uh, I can forego some, you know, last minute of that to get a little more sanity with her and not, um, not always be attached to business. Yeah. I just, I, I heard something the other day because I listened to a lot of business development stuff and I don't know, I don't like, you know, self-help or however you want to categorize it. But I think something that um, I'm really trying to do more as well is focus on the things more that will propel you forward and are more in alignment with your vision for yeah. your life, including your work and your parenting and all of that, and make sure that that drives the day and that you're not constantly, you know, fighting fires. And, um, and I think that, you know, building in that quality time you know, with your family um, is, is really part of that. 
I couldn't agree more, as I said, especially as someone who I think when you're single, it's really easy. Like, I always joke that when I was single, you know, I could <laughs> see how I do. Hey, everyone. So we are going to jump to break and we'll be back in a minute. the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Amy Leinbach from Big B, Little B, a super cool kid brand. Uh, Amy has had a long career journey, and uh, as a mom of one precious little girl, uh, decided to start this brand. So I'm going to jump. We've been talking about mom guilt. Um I want to jump in and start talking about how you had the idea for, well, first of all, your amazing bath towel, um, which <laughs> is dumbing it down so much um, to call it that. But I would love to hear that. And then how you started. Uh, I think it just starts for me always with um, problem solving. I'm very obsessed with operational efficiency, <laughs> I think. If you look at um, some things to do with, like, my past and, and work, it's just I like to observe things and see where the system breakdown is. And when it comes to, or when it came to bath time, when she was itty-bitty, I had so much anxiety around it, and I really, I, I didn't want to leave bath time, but I was always there, and I was always watching, and I would watch as my happy little baby, who was super happy in the water, um was miserable when she got out because she was freezing. I mean, she was born on New Year's Eve. Um, so it was cold. And I just thought that the traditional diamond-shaped towel just wasn't, it didn't really have the terry cloth um, real estate in the right places. It left her shoulders exposed, and we just, you know, it didn't have a cushion back, so I'd have to lay, you know, three towels underneath her for the adequate cushion. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And, mm. of course, you know, went online, looked for something like it. I'm like, how is this possible? This doesn't exist, a cushioned bath towel. And um, so I was like, oh, I can make this. I can't sew. <laughs> I can't sew yeah. at all. Um, but I made one for her, and 
it's shredded in the wash. Huh? Was it? I sewed it. (gasps) Oh, my God. Originally, yeah, originally I (laughs) You have. Um, But I sewed it, and it came apart in the wash because I didn't know how to sew. And then take two. Yeah, take two came around, and I was like, you know what? I'd put a cushion in the back, you know, of a diamond-shaped towel just because that's all I knew, you know. I felt like my brain was locked into traditional shape. Mm-hmm. And then when I was coming to take two, I'm like, I don't really like the diamond-shaped towel. What if I did it differently? And I turned it on its side, and I made strategic cuts, and I came up with a snow angel shape pretty quickly. Wow. So, okay, so... Yeah. Uh- things. Number one, I actually, little known Devin Alexander fact, I am a very good sewer. <laughs> and I would never have even thought to do something like this, like by myself. For those who haven't seen it yet, it's bigbelittlebee.com, right? Mm-hmm. Your website? Okay, so if yeah. anybody wants to see it as I describe it, but basically picture like this awesome padded oval that you can like basically lay wherever you're going to lay to put the baby. And then it has a hood and then it has these four flaps that fold in to keep your baby completely covered or in jelly beans case, she never liked her arms to be covered by anything. except Mm -hmm. I mean, if it was clothing, you know, that's fine. But so we could like kind of wrap her in those (laughs) because she would take them off. But, um, but it's this amazing thing. So, Oh my God, as someone who couldn't sew, you just like, did you do it with like, oh, it's like, oh my God. Well, I just thought that I could do it well enough. You know, Marlo certainly wasn't going to judge me. You know? right. And um, so I went to, you know, the fabric store and I bought the terry cloth and I bought um, some fill and I just kind of put it together and I, I tried it with her and that was the intention. I was just going to use it with her. And so I put it together. She loved it. And, and like what you mentioned about jelly bean, with not wanting to put your arms in. Well, that was part of, you know, that problem solving. Um, Marlo didn't have a problem with it, but I know other children that just like the legs free or like the arms free. And so to me, those panels had to be separate. You know, could I have done it as one big arm and leg panel? Yes. But I'm like, "Mm." with one strategic cut, it doesn't have to be one piece, you know? So that was part of it. Yeah, okay, so I love, for those who are either new to the show or have been listening, I love how hearing people talk about, you know, Angela from Fitbook was on the show, and she said that she made herself, like, this really cool Fitbook journal, um, and then someone was like, ooh, where do I buy that? And she's like, oh, I make them. And she didn't really <laughs> make them at the time except for herself, And but she just, like, said she made them, and then she started making them, and it has now sold the company just since we did that show for a ridiculous amount of money. So <laughs> I, I love you women who, like, see these ideas and just go, I'm making it. Yeah, because it's, you know, even so, if, even, you know, around my house, you know what, Marlo couldn't reach the, like, this is more recently, Marlo couldn't reach the faucet for the sink in the kitchen to wash her hands. She knows how to wash her hands, but she couldn't reach it to turn it on, turn it off. So I taped a spatula to it. It's just kind of the way I roll, you know? It's not an invention. I'm sure it exists out there, but I was like, "Eh, I have a spatula, I have a faucet, I have duct tape, and I don't have nice fixtures in the kitchen. So, you know, it gets ruined no big, and it works great. Oh, my Um, God. 
I took half of them, like the ones that I knew I wouldn't be needing because I wasn't on a book, and dumped them mm-hmm. in Cayenne's play area, um, in Jelly Bean's play area. And uh, it's amazing how, like, you know, obviously they make measuring spoons and things for kids, but um, it was mm-hmm. pretty fun just to see her. I mean, you're right. Like, kids will take us back. They'll do whatever. Like, they don't know. Yeah. That's so cool. They don't care. They're not judging, you know? They're like, oh, neat, something new. Wow. So, okay, so basically you made it for Marlo, and then what was the next, like, at what point was it, huh, I'm really going to make this? Oh, it was, it, it was shockingly quick um, from concept, her item, to market, actually. So I talked to some people about it, and I was like, I'm using this thing. Oh, I'd like to, I'd like to try it. So I don't, I didn't know anything about, you know, manufacturing. I didn't know anything about the baby business. So I'm like, well, I do know people who can make a pattern. You know, I have Craigslist. I can find somebody. And so I brought the piece that I'd made and I said, well, can you do this better? You know, can you make these edges finer and just kind of do this right? And I asked, you know, somebody to do that. Um, Literally, so basically, a technically, like another at-home mom or somebody like that who was really good at sewing. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just people. If you look on Craigslist, like I'm, you know, sewing projects. I'm here, and I specifically look for people who do patterns as well. So oh. you know, it was relatively easy. I'm like, well, here's the thing. Um, can you make a pattern out of it so that you know, kind of back out of the the process, make the pattern so that we can make more. And so, like I said, that happened pretty quickly. And from there, it was a lot of Googling to find, um, you know, and then obviously tested those pieces that I had, right, with people that I knew. When it looked possible, I'm like, okay, I need to find somebody who can make, let's say, a hundred of them. Might take a little while, um, but I found someone locally just by Googling and Googling and Googling. Wow. Um, Yeah, and I found them. And do you have a patent now? I think you do, right? I do, yeah. And wh- at what point did you get that? Like, were you worried in giving this to someone on Craigslist that they would run with it or any I of that stuff? Because, I mean, I would be now. <laughs> it's funny, like, <laughs> retroactively, um, sometimes I get anxiety. But at that point, I was like, well, you know, she's, she's a mom. You know, it, it's like me. You know, and I'm just going to have to have this trust. Well, I had trust and an, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, agreement that I had drafted, you know, or pulled okay. off Google and customized. Right. But, I mean, that wouldn't, that wasn't major. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal to me. However, after I'd given it to my friends and some people who were interested, before I went to that, let's call it short production run, local manufacturer, um, I, I did file for the patent application okay. because I don't know that, you know what I mean? It was just a weird, we're kind of stepping into a different level. And I okay. didn't know where it was going to go, so. Right. And did you, um, like, were the initial products, um, and just talk about this to the level you're comfortable, like, did the initial products, mm-hmm. did you self-fund that? Do you mind sharing any financial, like, what it took to just oh, get it, to. you know? Okay. Happy to because um, I have self-funded like 100% to date. Um, Oh, wow. But I kind of planned for that, not even knowing that I would ever create something like this. So 
I've always been a very, very good saver. I kind of had this kind of dream account that I developed for forever, what really feels like forever, a lot of the voiceover money, et cetera, put it in an account for the thing that I would find, the passion I would find, the thing I'd want to, want to pursue. Was it a shop? Was it a product? Was it whatever it was that was something that was in alignment with a goal I had, and I just let it sit, you know, and I, I fed it and all of that. And so when it came time to do this, I had the money to get it started. Um, and then since then, you know, the money from that, you know, grows the other thing, the money from that grows the other product, etc. cetera. Um, right. But yeah, wow. I started saving for it long before I had any idea, you know, what the project was going to be. I love that notion of a dream account, which honestly, I've never heard before. Like I hang out with entrepreneurs, you know, I'm in an entrepreneur group and, but I've never heard anybody say that. And I think that's such a cool idea. Thank you. It's, it just felt right to me. I just, I've, you know, I'm an ideas person, right? I'm like, there's going to be an idea down the road. There just is no idea what I'll need to do it, but let's, let's start building those reserves. Wow, that is cool. And, um, okay, so you basically got the prototypes made. You Then when you did the manufacturing run, was, like, that a local thing? Was it – how did you find – I know you said Googling, but what was the – like, could you be a little more specific? Yeah. No, I mean, yes and no, I can be more specific because I just – I didn't even know the terms to search. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. So Which is why I really Right, and that's kind of why I want you to really tell the story because I feel like people, like, because that's how I think a lot of, even me, like, if I I don't have that product right now um, beyond my brownies, but, you know, it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, like, I'm curious what you did and how it unfolded. Yes, so the Googling really looked like this. I start with sewing. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's, that's a little bit too small, right? Like, sewing in Orange County right? Sewing in Los Angeles County. Um, That turned into just too major a thing. Um, And then I'd come across this term called cut and sew. Didn't really know what it meant, but I thought that sounded like a good fit. So one of the things that I think you kind of have to have if you're stepping into developing a product you don't know anything about, or you're um, stepping into any sort of a business, I think you have to be willing to ask questions. You have to be willing to look like you know nothing because you know nothing, you know? And I've, I've always had a lot of respect for, for other people's knowledge. So when I came across some of these cut and sew listings, I call up and I say, so here's kind of what I want to do. I have like a fabric thing and I, I don't know how I take it to make like a hundred pieces. You know, I have you know, a couple pieces. I need a hundred. Do you know who would do something like that? And they, you know, a lot of them didn't know, but they say, like, I said, like, do you know some of the words I can use? Um, so I don't, you know, don't look so, you know, not knowledgeable on the subject. And so they gave me the words. And I don't even really at this point, like, know who they were because it was like running, you know, calls, just calling, calling, calling. And I developed almost like a keyword list. And, wow. you know, and when I say Googling, I mean day after day, hour upon hour, trying to find these things, making the calls, finding the nice people who would share information. You know, you're one of them in another area of my life, right? I'm like, 
oh, you're on this path. I want to be on that path. Can we connect? Right? So you saw it kind of in action on a different subject. Share your knowledge, please. And I really respect it. Um, And that's kind of how it happens. So one thing to the next to the next, I found somebody in Costa Mesa who had like just a tiny little shop in an industrial park off of 17th Street. And he was able to make me, I didn't forget the exact number, but something like 100. And that allowed me to, (laughs) this is the most non-traditional concept testing story you might hear. I put those 100 on Amazon and I didn't tell anyone. Like, I'm like, here's what I'm testing. Will people part with their money for this product? And if and when they do, will they like it? And, um, and I couldn't think of a more free <laughs> way to get that information from strangers. You huh. know, and, and I found that they, yes, they were willing to part with their money for it. Um, and I thought that I'd get reviews easily. Reviews aren't easy to come by. I know that very well now. But I didn't get any returns. And I took that as, yeah, proof of concept, right? I'm like, okay, people bought them. <laughs> they didn't return them. Um, a couple of people left reviews, and they were great. I'm like, okay, so now then we come into the tricky part. Then we come into what is more, for me, was the biggest mystery, it couldn't be made domestically going forward because the cost to me for that production run was greater than the amount that people would pay. So it just wasn't, it, it just really wasn't feasible. You know, you have to pay attention to the market and conceptually right. um, a lot of people want made in America, but in reality, you know, your, your product price point has to match what people are willing to spend. So I had to look overseas. Do you so I went mind- back to the- yeah. Oh, sorry. I was a couple things. One, I was wondering if you yeah. mind sharing like how many times less expensive it was in like, do you remember how much less expensive oh, it was share, in China yeah. versus America? I can share pretty much exact numbers, pretty much. Okay. So those initial pieces, um, they only cost me, not including materials, they only cost me $20 in labor. Because they're highly engineered, if you think about the components. So forget the materials. Labor alone was $20. And so materials added $8 on top of that. Now we're at $28, not including transportation for the materials to the manufacturer, right? Because it was me in a (laughs) U-Haul. I bought the fabric in downtown L.A. because I just knew there was a, that wasn't anything I had to research. I knew there was. There were right. fabric stores, and I got in my car, and I parked at one place and walked the entire fabric area until yeah. I found, Which I, you know, material. Yeah, as somebody who I, that part of the process I've done because, as I said, I used to sew all the time, and so that part I've done. But, okay, so then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so you then walk we, in and out, you find the stuff. So the transport, yeah. think of the cost of the U-Haul. I mean, I don't know that number exactly. That's why I say, like, mostly I do. The cost of the transport. Forget my time. I never even included anything about my time. Um, The fees for selling on Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. We're up to like something like $35. Um, So it just wasn't going to be, and there's no profit built in at all. Um, So it just wasn't an option. And then when it costs me more now because I upgraded the product, but um, when I found, and we can talk about how, but when I found overseas manufacturing, um, 
at the time I could get it for eleven dollars, not landed. So think about like meaning like not without shipping. Um, so landed about twelve fifty on the conservative side. Okay. And um, so that's a, I mean, a yeah, massive that's difference. Like, yeah, like you can actually have a business or not, kind of difference, right? Um, one thing I also, that I think, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. One, one thing that I th- think people don't necessarily think of in the numbers, because I certainly didn't, but I learned it just by watching what was happening with me. There's a scrap rate, meaning, you know, not every single piece that comes out of production is good. And what I found when I did my first overseas order was that the scrap rate, the number of pieces that were not good enough to sell was much lower than the production run in the U.S. And you oh. have to build in your scrap to the cost because that's a reality. You're still paying for the unit, but you can't sell the unit. Wow. And I think people have the assumption that it's the other way around. Yeah, you know, that would. But it wasn't in my experience. Right. No, I would definitely think that. I think in the U.S., like, they take so much care in theory if it's so much more expensive. And mm-hmm. in China... How has the China tax, like, played a role, if at all? Um, am I correct? I'm not that seeing it quite yet. <laughs> you and I'm not there quite yet. I'm, I'm a little, you know, I have my eyes open, but because of kind of when I replenished inventory last and things like that, I just haven't seen it. I feel like I can speak to it maybe in a couple of months, but not, not right now. You know what I mean? I Got it. Yeah. I don't know how the long-term impact it's going to have on businesses like mine. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we have to go to break here in a second. For those just joining um, before our break, we are talking to Amy Leinblock from BigBLittleBee.com. Uh, go check her out during the break. Um, I'm sure for, for those who haven't seen the amazing tally yet, they will want to. Um, when we come back, I'm going to jump into something um, that she said about uh, the business and friendship and asking questions, um, because I think it was super key. So stay tuned, everyone. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with entrepreneur extraordinaire Amy Leinbach from Big B Little B, um, an awesome kid product, talking about how she went from oh, I need this for my daughter to suddenly sewing on her own when she'd never done it before and then randomly, well, not even randomly, I shouldn't say randomly, but um, intentionally Googling how to get this done and now she's got this booming business. And um, she mentioned that she had, you know, I said in the beginning of the show that I'm so glad we became friends because she's one of those people, like you meet her and you just want to be friends. And in many times in life, like you've got this, awkwardness to try to become someone's friend and you worry I mean I'm super shy as I don't think a lot of people know that but but I don't know I'm just super shy and I don't want I don't ever want to come off like I'm trying to get something from someone or I don't even know what it is but I definitely I'm bad about this in person like with men I look away if someone looks at me which I know is not what I'm supposed to be doing and (laughs) also helps explain why I'm single um but with Amy, it was really funny. So we met at a conference, and um, I just thought her towel was so cool that we started talking about that. And then I started talking about I was in the foster process and just kind of my life in general. We were really connecting, which is why I wanted to be her friend. And then long story short, if I remember correctly, she reached out to me to ask me a question about something in life um, that she yeah. knew I had experience in. And that's how our friendship came about. And um, it's funny because when you said you were calling people just asking them questions to get the products manufactured, I think, you know, in looking at my friendships that matter so much to me, a lot of them right now, um, at least newer friends, are people from the foster care world who helped me. Like, basically, a friend would be like, oh, my God, my friend Kama did this. Oh, my God, my friend... You know, Jason did this. So I would just call these people and be like, hi, I'm a friend of this person. And I would really, it would mean the world to me if you shared your experience. And, you know, I am, as I said, I won the baby lottery. I'm the luckiest person in the world. Like a lot of people who go through the foster care process can lose one, two, three sets of kids in the process. And on top of it, Um, they can, you know, have to do parent visits, meaning the parents are still engaged. They may want the children back. They may be trying to get the children back. Like there's just so much that can be added to the process. And for me, like part of me was insanely lucky, as I said. And another part of my situation is in part because I interviewed over 50 families who had done it like literally in a one and a half month span, I was just calling everybody who knew anybody who fostered. I put things on next door and was like, what was your experience? You know, if you lost a child, what was that case scenario? What was this case scenario? And I came out with two scenarios in the end that I would take in the entire foster care system. Um, which I'm happy to share with anybody if they're interested. I don't want to take time away from Amy and her business, but you know, like they were basically like, I knew that my heart was such that I would fall in love with any child who was in my arms for more than 15 seconds. And so I wanted to mitigate the risks. And there were two, there were only two scenarios that I thought would really make it 
pretty assured that I would get to keep her. So I love, Amy, that you, and I just wanted to really point that out, that I think, you know, sometimes if you don't do just a ridiculous amount of research, you don't get the result you Mm -hmm. want. And I love that you were just calling people and asking them those questions. And I love that you called me and asked the question you asked of me. (laughs) Yeah, well, me too, because (laughs) that's the friendship. But I mean, it really is how, it's really my MO. That's how I, I live my life, you know. One day I'll be an expert in something maybe, but until then, you know, if I can find the expert, you know, find the people with the experience, try not to repeat their mistakes to the greatest degree that I can. I still do <laughs> make mistakes. Well, and sure. Right. And I think the other part of that, though, for people is, you know, when someone like contacts me and was like, oh, I'd love to hear how you, you know, like got on TV or something like that question is too big to really answer. Mm-hmm. For somebody. But if someone says, how did you get your first television appearance? Like, I'm happy to share that with them because I can. You know, how did you do yeah. the whole, or how, how did you end up being you is like uh, overwhelming. But, you yeah. know, when I'm asking people, like, can you tell me the scenario? Like, you got to keep your child. You got them in X amount of time. Like, what was the parent's scenario? You know, like, yeah. they don't I, like sharing that. getting specific. Right. And so, yeah, if you're calling someone saying, I need a sewing manufacturer, either they know or they don't, and they can help or they can't. So I just want to, you know, for people who are thinking of, you know, trying something, don't try to ask someone the whole kit and caboodle in one, like figure out what your first step is, get the answer to that. And then you can follow up with that person in an intelligent conversation. I mean, Amy and I obviously have had tons of conversations around the same topic. Um, But again, it's like she started with, oh, can you tell me how this worked? And then I did, and then from there, we, I mean, we just hit it off, so there you go. And as I said, it's its kind of funny because our daughters look alike, too. <laughs> yes, they do. They really yes. do. Um, um, yeah, but I feel like, yeah, and, and I also try to pay that, that time, that knowledge forward. So I get a lot of people calling me saying, okay, how did you get to here? And I said, well, let's back up. Where are you right now? Right? Let's, let's talk about kind of you know, here's my overview story that will take, you know, one minute and I'll let's focus on where you are so we can figure out how to get you from your point A to your point B or your point, you know, if you're further down the road, let's talk about that, but let's just attack what's going on right now so that we can move you to the next step. It's just a more productive way, you know, a more helpful way, I feel. And yeah, I agree with you. Like, I love helping people. Um, I really do. Like, and if, if there's something, like, if you know you can contribute, but again, like, and I'm sure you probably agree with this, if someone's asking you, like, a thing that you can give them information, that's very satisfying. If they're asking you, yeah. well, like, you're not even sure that they're ever going to, like, act on it because it'll be overwhelming for them, too. Right. Exactly. It's just too much. And I feel like if you share too much too soon, they go, oh, 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 no, I can't. That's too much for me to take on, you know? And yeah, yeah, when you look at it in that way, it can be very intimidating. But if you look at it like your job right now is just to find the cut and sew facility. That's all. So let's do some research, find your way there, identify the person, identify the place, and then we'll, we'll consider the next steps. Right. So... And then, uh, well, I want to talk a little bit about, we only have um, about five, six, seven minutes left. So I want to talk a little bit about where, I know, isn't that crazy? It goes so fast. Um, 
where the company is going. Um, I, I'll share first that, so Jellybean recently had her birthday party and in the process, because I love Amy so much, she's also met a number of my friends um, and one of whom actually uh, Jellybean's godmother just um, had a baby. So Amy shows up to Cayenne's party with like the most amazing gift, number one. And by the way, Cayenne is still, um, Jellybean is still, uh, Behind on her thank you notes. <laughs> she's, she's almost finished. <laughs> it's taking a while to teach her how to do them. But no, she gave me the most amazing um, gift. And then she also left behind um, a couple gifts for one of my girlfriends um, for her new baby. One of which was this blanket that I literally started <laughs> drooling over. And I'm like, wait a second, where is that? So didn't say anything to Amy. Just went on her website to buy the blanket. And it wasn't there, which was a tragic moment. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the funny thing is, so I give it to my girlfriend. And then she was already online trying to buy one for another friend of hers. Because she has a lot of friends having babies. Because it's, like, that special. It's, like, super. I mean, I have a blanket that I use all the time that I got at Bed Bath & Beyond. That's, like, nice. You can use it for a picnic. It's kind of waterlined. I take it when I take her to the tennis club um, a couple hours a week because that way I know she's playing on a clean surface and all of that. It's just her germs if there's germs. Um, but this one like blows it away. It's like super heavy duty waterproof and all sorts of things. <laughs> and then like just princessy, like that's all I'm going to say. Just yeah. water and then princessy on top of it, like luxury at its best. So Thanks. then I'm like, Amy, why is this not on your website? And you <laughs> tell us, <laughs> Oh, it's okay. You know, we look at kind of what we were speaking about earlier, which is it's too expensive right now. It's far too expensive to manufacture. Um, for the cost it takes me to make it right now, it could definitely not sell it. So I'm still in the process of kind of, you have to step back and you have to look on changing the engineering, maybe changing some of the material, continue looking for manufacturers, continue trying to bring that um, cost per unit down. Um, but right now, I just haven't gotten there. I just haven't gotten there. I've been, put a ton of work in it. I love that product. But right now, I could never sell it. I could never sell it at this point. Um, I just haven't found it. And I think that's an important part of being an entrepreneur, specifically a product developer, knowing that point where you go, this may not be feasible. I can keep working on it. It's a great concept. It's great in practice, but it's not a product for sale. It's not to say I'm deserting it. It's just something you have to look at, and your heart breaks, <laughs> you know, yes, as does. a creator. Yeah. My heart and my little heart's broken for that product, but, um, you know, that's, that's part of business, I guess. I'm learning that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, as I said, it's just so special. And it's funny, because like, I think everything you produce is really special. And I do hope there does become a way to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, are there other products that you're working on that we should be expecting soon? Or, or um, yeah, so my little my little scrubby product that I launched um, a little less than a year ago. <laughs> this is kind of the big thing for me. It's it just got into Bye Bye Baby across the country. So that's tremendous. So I am working on other versions of that product, like just different designs, same product line, 
So that's one thing that's in production. And the other thing um, that's in alignment with what you do, it's kind of um, uh, it's I haven't refined the elevator pitch because it's still in development, but it's going to be um, kind of build your own divider plates that are then easy to take apart and store. Like store, if you have a divider plate that has freeze-dried strawberries and then frozen peas, well, they don't finish all of them, so they wouldn't both go in the cabinet and they wouldn't both go in the fridge. So you separate it out and you can take it on the road, you can store it for later, lunch becomes snack, breakfast becomes, you know, lunch, so on and so forth. And right now in the process, I just got my first samples out of the mold the other day and I tested them and I said, okay, I don't like this, I don't like this, and let's kind of back up and test the seal and, and all of these things. So it'll, it'll get there, but that's what's in production. Well, not in production, in development right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're just starting to, it's funny because most of um, Jelly Bean's food is super fresh. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I, I would have to separate stuff like that too. Um, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, just, you know, it helps you take the fresh food on the road, right? You know, instead of packets of goldfish, which is amazing. Um, okay. <laughs> I hate to do this, but we are winding to a close. Um, could you one more time, let people know how to find your products and things. You can find them at big You can find them on Amazon. You can look for the Snow Angel Towel by name. You can look for the Scrubby by name, S-C-R-U-B-B-E-E. Or you can look in Bye Bye Baby. Um, And then more more channels to come in the next few months. Yay! Well, thank you so much, Amy. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to join me here and to share your experience so honestly. Um, I, I just love hearing stories of people who, you know, have an idea and actually pursue it having, um, you know, obviously you're an extremely smart person and you've created a lot in your life and, but just not knowing this area at all, it's, I think it's really helpful for everyone to hear, um, you. you know, the process. And so thank so you so happy much. to share. Um, well, thank you for joining us and everyone have an amazing holiday. Um, Merry Christmas if you celebrate and, um, I will be back after the break. Have, I mean, after the break, after the holiday break, um, and I will look forward to connecting with everyone then have a great week. Thanks for listening to have it all. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.